Hey, you're listening to The Real Kathy Lee on the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. Thanks for joining me as I share my mom fashions. It's basically my imperfect journey of motherhood. Be prepared to laugh, maybe cry, but hopefully you're going to be encouraged as I share my failures, successes, and offer some tips I've learned along the way. And remember, you've got this. Now, the Blue Crew is back. Let's go have some fun. In their first fully animated adventure. Nailed it. To escape a dangerous, undiscovered world, the Smurfs will have to team up with a whole new tribe. A village full of girls. Hey, I'm freaking out, you guys. Smurfs, The Lost Village. Rated PG. Exclusively from Affirm Films. Get a free Bible-based discussion guide. Visit AffirmFilms.com to download it for free. And enjoy great discussions with your whole family about the importance of purpose, friendship, honesty, and loyalty. As seen in Smurfs, The Lost Village. Now playing. Hey, the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network in this podcast, The Real Kathy Lee. We want to specifically thank Sony Pictures for sponsoring us with their new movie, The Smurfs Lost Village. You can check out thesmurfsmovie.com or my page, therealkathylee.com. On the show notes, you can get a Christian media guide to download and go through with your kids. How awesome is that? You can also learn more at affirmfilms.com. If you haven't already seen that movie, go see it this weekend. Hey, welcome back to The Real Kathy Lee. I'm so glad you've joined us. We're at episode 10. I know, I tease every time, right, about me saying the episode numbers. I really should probably stop at 10. Do you think this is the time we say goodbye to that? Who knows? We'll see what I do on 11. Well, if you listened last week, you heard about me um, sharing some confessions of what makes me a fake supermom. And the reason I call myself a fake supermom is because so many people hear my story, they hear I have so many kids, I've adopted so many kids, so I was like, you must be a super mom. And, and let's be honest, there are days I'm rocking it. Yeah, there are days I feel pretty good about the mom I am. I feel pretty good about getting it all done. I've had a really good talk with a certain kid, or I got to spend time with, you know, one, for example, I showed up at school the other day, my kids go to Artios Academy, and I showed up, and Um, I was a little early, and Henry had forgotten his lunch, and so I got to sweep him off to Chick-fil-A and have a sweet little lunch with him unplanned. And he's like, Mom, you're the best mom in the world. I mean, Mom, if there were like millions and millions and millions of moms that were mine, you would be the best. You would be the best one. And he kept going on and on, and he opened my car door when I got out. He came around and got me. Now Henry's 11, and he opened my car door, and I got back in. All the way, he just chatted about what a great mom and how much fun he had, and Those days, I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, look at me go. I got this mothering gig. And that lasts about five minutes before I blow it or kid blows it or something happens. It kind of knocks me right back down into my fake super mom hot mess world. And so I thought, you know what? If I'm feeling this way, you guys might be feeling this way. So it might be good just for me to share some of my just, ugh, how I mess up. And not for you to go, look at you, you crazy girl. But to say, you know what? Hey, you know what? She messes up. I mess up. She's still raising kids that are growing up to be amazing. I'm going to raise kids that are going to be amazing. We are in this together, and it is a journey. And as I have said over and over, it's a marathon And you've got this. And the reason I say you've got this all the time is because I want you to know you do. In the good and the bad and the ugly, you can do it. You can get up tomorrow and you can do it again. You can change one more diaper. You can pick up one more toy. You can step on one more Lego. You can have one more talk. You can watch one more tantrum. You do. You've got it. Because what happens is before your eyes, these little opinionated babies turn into opinionated toddlers and strong preschoolers and inquisitive elementary and 
um, even more opinionated teenagers, and then they go off and spread their wings and soar. And you got to be a part of it all. So if I can do it, you can do the, you can do this too, and you definitely have this. So here's a funny thing about me that I'm confessing to you all today. On more than one occasion, I have shown up at places, at church, at school, parties, and my kids are wearing different shoes. Please tell me you can relate. Please tell me. I mean, I'll be like, get your shoes on right now. And I mean, there have been times they've shown up with no shoes on. I'll get, I'll get to the place and realize they're like, I couldn't find my shoes or I could only find these shoes. And, you know, back when Crocs were all the rage, I remember one kid would always wear one Croc, usually on the wrong foot in a flip-flop. And I'm like, what are you doing? And I remember getting so upset. And after a while, you're like, you know what? There are bigger things to worry about than if my kids have on different shoes. But I tell you, early on as a parent, oh my, my kids' clothes. I mean, I wanted my little boys in their Ralph Lauren. I wanted my girls in their smock dresses with their bows. I mean, Southern all the way. And after a while, you're like, oh, you got clothes on? Hey, that's good. Hopefully you got clean underwear on too. That's even better. And matching shoes and we have knocked it out of the park. But if they're not matching, it's okay. We'll get there. And um, we do. It's fine. It is fine. It's funny. Just letting go of some of those expectations as we talked about a few weeks ago. Just giving yourself grace and giving them grace. And in the light of things, does it really matter? And It seems every day I hear more and more dark stories, sad stories, two deaths just this week. A sweet friend um, lost her adopted son. And then another um, little boy I read about um, was killed suddenly. And I just thought, oh, how dare I worry about shoes and if they match. Man, I've got kids that are okay and they're here and they're bigger things. So if you're like me, let go of those expectations. Be thankful they've got shoes on. And if they don't have shoes on, let me tell you, I have been known to run into uh, Target real fast and grab a pair of shoes if I needed to. So there are ways around it. And at the end of the day, it's not that big a deal. And you're still a great mom if your kids show up in different shoes. Um, so here's one, man. This is one that stabs me in the heart. And I don't know about you. Still happens, um, if I'm being honest. And I worked so hard at it, though. A few years ago, uh, my kids, Henry, and my kids have given me permission to talk about them, and I wouldn't share stories if they didn't think it was okay. And um, so this was a time where I was um, on my phone, and I was returning an email. And I don't know about you, but if you have a business, you know how it is. It seems you're expected to return text messages and emails quickly. And I'm returning this email, and Henry's trying to talk to me, and I, um, I'm ignoring him. I mean, I am. I'm returning this email, but I'm giving him the uh-huh, uh-huh. And he's like, mom, will you put your phone down? So I know we're connecting. And I mean, it was like a stab straight to my heart. Mom, will you put your phone down? So I know we're connecting. And I turn and look at him and I put my phone down and I said, yeah, you got it. And it's funny. It's kind of a joke. So now years later, he'll still say it to me, but it's, you know, funny. Mom, put your phone down so I know we're connecting. And I, in turn, have said it to many of my kids, hey, put your phone away so I know we're connecting. 
But boy, isn't it true? I think technology has been replaced. I mean, technology has replaced communication, real communication in so many ways. We text each other within the same house. We we call each other. We send each other emojis. We message each other. We don't have these conversations. And, and my kids know... Um, that when we get in the car, that's our conversation time. It's real fun that they always are um, locked down in the car. So that's when we try and have good conversations is when we're there. And obviously we're not on our phones. And I try them not to be on their phones then, or I don't want them to be on their phones at dinner as much as possible either. Put our phones in the middle of the table or wherever. But I've been guilty. I mean, I would love to say, oh, kids and their technology, but it is also moms and their technology. I can't tell you the times I go into places or I look at parks and I see all the adults sitting on the perimeter on their phones and the kids are playing with no one, you know, working with them, guiding them, encouraging them, laughing with them, playing with them. Parents are on their devices and kids are on the playground or kids are on the playground on their devices. And, and so, I mean, but I've been guilty. I've been guilty. My own kids have had to take away my phone. And and so now I really try to pick up on that. And they know, Henry knows exactly, and all of them do. And I'm sure your kids do. So if you're like me, try and plan sometimes where those devices are put away. You know, if someone needs you, they'll call back. There are ways around it. I mean, I, I am not perfect at it, but I still try every day, put it down, have some conversation, real conversation. Meal times are just the obvious, the easiest to not check out and get on your phone, but to engage in real conversation with children. If they don't hear it from us, whatever it is, they will hear it elsewhere. Whether it's manners, whether it's about, uh, you know, those special subjects, whether it's about um, just stories. What you think about movies? What you think about what your childhood is about? Anything, whatever they don't hear from you, they will hear, hear elsewhere. So try and make sure you're engaged in that with them. I know, like I said, I fail at it often. But it's definitely still um, what I'd like to do. Is put that phone away so Henry and all my kids know that we're connecting. Alright, here's another confession. So, for being honest, I've lied to all my kids. All of them. All of them. All of them at some point in their lives. I don't know about you, but I am so guilty. Oh, I hate I'm confessing this on this podcast. I'm so guilty of throwing up a finger and going, in a minute. Yep, in a minute. Yep, in a minute. And I have no intention, none of whatever they're asking. In a minute, in a minute, in a minute. And really, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get the time, whatever it is they want to do. I'm trying to, hopefully they'll forget. And so it is so like, really? I remember Leslie, my friend and business partner, she used to say, couldn't we just say four a minute and do four a minute? Hey, will you read me that book? In a minute. What about four minutes? Hey, four minutes. I can do that. And really, what we will find is if we will just stop and fill their cup, whatever it is they're asking, really most of the time our kids are asking, hey, attention, hey, I'm here. Hey, notice me. And if we would say four a minute and we would fill them up, we could get back to whatever it is we were trying to accomplish. But if we say in a minute and we try and finish all this, for the most part, they're just going to keep on and they're not, they're not going to forget. And we're going to get frustrated. They're going to get frustrated. And everybody's going to have a meltdown. So think about your in a minutes. Could you change them to four minutes? It's definitely some for a minute. Definitely something that I try to think about and try to do. But again, for confessing, 
Many times have I said in a minute, and I know that I don't mean it at all. Pretty horrible to say. All right, here's a funny one, and I bet you can relate to this one for sure. I definitely have told my kids that I need to go to the restroom just so I get a few minutes away from them. I didn't care if they were sitting outside crying, knocking on the door. I am just sitting in there enjoying my personal space in my bubble with no one all in it. <laughs> have you been there? I mean, there are times where I'm like, if one more kid grabs me and touches me and climbs on me, I'm going to just explode. And the only place I could seem to get away is to go hide in the bathroom. And bless them, they probably thought I had problems because I was going to the bathroom so often on those bad days. But... You do what you have to do. And there is nothing wrong with needing some space away from your kids. That I know. It is okay. And and if your kids have uh, some respect of that, great. Go in your room or go outside. My kids will find me anywhere. They'll even try to find me in the bathroom, but I'll lock it up. And let me tell you, if I'm being honest, I've had kids pick the, pick the locks when they get old enough to try and find their mama. But sometimes you've just got to get a breather. It is that deep breath for yourself, that catcher breath, that reminding yourself that you've got this, reminding yourself that you can do this, that this will end, that they are going to grow up, that those 6,500 and I think it's 74 days go quickly. They really do. But there are moments where you're like, I'm not going to make it one more day. So I sneak in the bathroom and take a breather and just take a minute for yourself. And I think that's always okay. I definitely have done that. And I, def- I don't regret it for sure. Um, you know, I think I mentioned in the last podcast, well, I know I did about yelling and losing it and not proud of that. Horrible, embarrassed by it, frustrated at myself when it happens. And, oh, I remember one time I lost it on a kid. He had hurt his brother and I just let him have it. I mean, I went off on him and and it hurt his feelings so much he began to cry. And he was a teenager at the time and... And I saw the pain in his face, and I immediately thought, Kathy, you went too far. You you went too far. And I was frustrated that he had been picking on his little brother. And, and you know, it was one of those moments, I'm going to show you that I can dish it out even more. And it was it was so awful. It, it, I felt so gross after that encounter with my son. And once I looked on the, saw the pain on his face, I thought... Again, words. Our words to them become their inner voice. I said it in the last podcast, and I thought, what message did I just send to him? It was not of love and correction and grace. It was just a rotten behavior from his mom. And so I had to really, I mean, it wasn't a quick, hey, will you forgive me that? We had to have a real heart-to-heart of how I got to that place, how he got to that place, and and. And it took him a while, I'll be honest. He had to he had to work through his pain of his mom kind of going crazy on him and being unkind and letting him have it. And it brought us together more, of course. I think talking always does in the end. It, it strengthens your relationship when you work through things. But man, did it really... It was one of those times... I don't know that I've lost it since that time like that with my kids or frust- that frustrated because... Like I said, the older I get now, I try and become the diffuser. But there was a time I would almost poke it and make it worse. And and it was really, it was humbling. It, it was a, an experience that I hope I don't ever repeat. But but again, to, to let you know that 
even me who's out here talking on parenting doesn't have it all together. She she loses it too. She she loses her cool. She forgets. She needs forgiveness. And and he was gracious. He was gracious to forgive me and we did work through it and I think we're we're both better for it now. But man, it was hard. It was hard. One day I read a Brene Brown quote, and you've heard me talk about Brene Brown. I love her, and she talked about motherhood and just, um, you know, how we compare and how we're so guilty of saying, man, that woman has it together. Why couldn't I be like her? I remember when I first started homeschooling, I did that. I would see these moms, and I was like, oh, if I could homeschool, it was like Little House on the Prairie, right? And if I could homeschool like that, we would be perfect. And I would look at another family, and their kids would all be walking in a line. And I thought, oh, if my kids obeyed like that, it would be great. And and I would watch situations after situations and compare. And I'm not a good mother because I don't do it that way. And you know what? You get up, your kids eat, your kids are loved, your kids are encouraged you are, you're listening to this podcast. You're a good mom. There are a million ways to be a good mom. And I love this quote from Brene, and I'm going to read it to you. And I think you'll love it too. And it says just that. There are at least a million ways to be a great mother. And not one of them hinges on breastfeeding or any other hot button issue. Great mothers know they are worthy of love and belonging. And as a result... They raise children who know they are worthy of the same things. Shaming other mothers is not one of the million ways to be a great mom. That's from her book, Rising Strong. And I tell you, I love that. I love that book. I love um, that encouragement. That You know what? We're, we're worthy of belonging. And I think Christy and I talked about that in our podcast a couple weeks ago, is that once we started seeing ourselves as worthy, we were really able to give grace to our families, our friends, so much more. And I would encourage you, if some of these resonated with you and you're like, wow, she's a hot mess. Yeah, she's a hot mess. She is. But man, like I've said, she loves her kids. She wants the best for her kids. She meaning me, talking in the third person. I want nothing more than to see these kids succeed and to grow up knowing that they are worthy of love and belonging, that they are loved and they're ready. So I say that every time when I talk about my kids. And if you meet my kids, you ask them. They'll tell you. They'll tell you that their mom messes up. But they will also tell you that she loves them dearly. Keep doing it. Keep giving it your all. Keep giving yourself grace. And know that if this hot mess can do it, you can too. Hey, and before we go, I want to thank Sony Pictures. They've been sponsoring us on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and my podcast this month. They have a new movie out. It's been out now for a few weeks, but it's the Smurfs movie, Lost Village. And you can find out more at smurfsmovie.com. You can find out about their Christian study guide on my show notes page at therealkathylee.com or at affirmfilms.com. Go take your kids to the movie this weekend. Enjoy that. And make sure you join us next week to listen. We're going to be talking to a new mom who thought motherhood was going to be a breeze. She was going to connect with her kids instantly. Twin boys happens to be my daughter-in-law. We're going to talk honestly about that. I hope you'll join us for that topic. Thanks so much for listening to The Real Kathy Lee. You've been listening to The Real Kathy Lee. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. To find out more, check out therealkathylee.com. You can download us every Friday on iTunes or your favorite app to listen to the podcast. Hey, if this hot mess can rock motherhood, so can you.